All right. Uh, before we start, though, that let's start though. That's let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are the creator of the heavens and the earth. And we acknowledge you as the King of kings. We praise you, Lord, because you are worthy. And we are so grateful, Lord, that you love us. We are so grateful that you have plans for us, plans to give us a hope and a future. Lord, I ask that you would be with us this morning, wherever we are, that your presence would come, Lord, just as as we have praised you, Lord, and now we ask that your presence would be with us. Lord, I ask that you would speak into lives this morning, uh, your plans, your future, your hope, Lord, and that people would be drawn closer to you. Amen. All right, so um, we're going to try something a little bit different this morning. I would like to tell you a story, and uh, I'm hoping this is uh, coming up on the screen. And so the story I'm going to tell you this morning, it's, it's a story of two brothers, a parable, a modern parable, if you will of two brothers. Uh, it's a story of, of joy and highs and pain and lows. Uh, and before I go into the story, I just need to uh, clarify a couple of terms. So the first term is uh, type one fun. You heard of type one fun? Type one fun is the fun you have where you know you're having it at the time. You know, where you, you have a lovely coffee or you eat some nice food, you're enjoying it as you do it. It's the type of fun I hope that you're all having on camp this morning, all right? But there's a second kind of fun, type two fun. A type two fun is not fun while you're doing it. Type two fun is only fun in hindsight. Uh, and so this story that I'm going to tell you uh, today has some type one fun, but it also has a significant proportion of type two fun. Uh, right, so the story. Uh, Several months ago, my brother, this is a picture of my brother and I, he's the taller, skinnier, better tanned, good-looking, intelligent one. Yeah, that's how I always introduce my brother. Uh, He invited me to go for a walk with him. And I love my brother, and so of course I said, yes, yes, I'll go for a walk with you. When shall we do this? And he, he booked a date in, and it was in the school holidays, and I was in. And then I I forgot about it. Uh, And a few months later, he came back and he said, you're still on for that that walk. Look, I've organized most of it. Uh, Here's some of the details. We're going to do something called the three passes. And so this is the parable of the three passes. Uh, And I thought, right, I'm going to go on to the doc website and I'm going to read about the three passes and find out just how awesome this walk is going to be. Uh, and so I was a little bit nervous because uh, I've been on walks with my brother before, and <laughs> he loves challenge. He loves to achieve things, uh, and he, he loves that type two fun. So I was a little bit nervous, but I thought, no, no, it's outdoors. How bad could it be? It's going to be great. So I looked up the doc website, and sure enough, they have a review. And the review starts out like this. This classic summer tramp for experienced backcountry trampers crosses the Harmon Pass, the Whitehorn Pass, and the Browning Pass. It gives the excitement, variety, and contrast of a transalpine route. I was going, oh, yes, this sounds great. Transalpine, that word didn't quite click in my head. I didn't think it through, that transalpine might mean going over mountains, but I thought, yes, 
this is exciting, this is variety, I can't wait. And I read on, and it said, this route requires several major river crossings. I thought, yeah, cool, I can get into that, bit of river, you know, this, this is, oh, this is great, my brother's planned a great trip. Keep reading, keep reading. Uh, it has some extremely steep sections, Ooh, hang on. Uh, and all year snow on the Whitehorn Pass. What? What do you mean? We're going, I thought you said we're going for a walk. This is starting to sound more like a climb in the snow. You need to take an ice axe and cramp. What? what? An ice axe of what now? I had to look up what those are. An ice axe is something you take when you're mountaineering, for the record, and you use it in case you fall over and are sliding to your doom. And crampons are, are like uh, spikes that you cramp onto your boots. I was a bit, a bit, a bit scared now, to be honest. Uh, I thought, well, I'll just read the last sentence there. A browning pass is very steep and can be icy. What was this very steep again? And then an epic sentence. <laughs> this route passes through several known avalanche paths. What? If you knew there were avalanche paths there, why did you put the route there? I was terrified. I'm really honest. Uh, being really honest, I was scared. I thought, what have I got myself into here? Uh, and so I, like any good Christian, I began to pray. You know, my prayers were, dear Lord, if this cup can be taken from me, take it from me. Lord, could we have a whole country lockdown so that I don't have to do this, tramp? Uh, is it okay for me to break my own leg? I was like, I was deep in prayer. Uh, but the Lord did not deliver me from this tramp. In fact, uh, I, I really felt like the Lord saying, no, go, this is going to be great. And because I love my brother and I trust my brother, and I know that he has experience in these things, I sort of swallowed my fears and went, okay, let's do it. Uh, yeah, and it was amazing. Now, I'm not going to go through a hundred slides of this is my summer holiday, but I'm going to go through a few quick highlights for you. Uh, for those of you who don't know, um, transalpine means going from one side of the country across to the other across the Alps. So we start on the east side at Arthur's Pass, and you tramp up this valley towards the Waimakarauri River. And uh, we started off in glorious sunshine, as you can see, and it's beautiful. I'm thinking, this is great. I can do this. And we got into the river crossings. Uh, it was good. Knee deep, waist deep, a couple that were getting a bit high, and we had to sort of hold on to each other to get across, but it was exciting, and I loved it. Uh, and then we went up the first pass, the Harmon Pass. And I'd read about this, and they said, this is the easiest one, so... I was okay, and we scrambled up boulders and, you know, up and up and up this hill. And it was, it was getting dark at the end. It was about half past eight, nine o'clock as we got to the top, some of those, so still some light. And I saw this. This was the view for where we were going to camp on the first night. And my little brother is there getting the tent out of the bag, and I stepped back, and I just said, oh, my Lord, where have you brought me? This is amazing. This is, this is what I like to say, God showing off. You know, look what I created. 
This is called Ariel Tarns. That's a freshwater ice melt um, sort of mini lake um, that we camped next to with uh, the mountains in the, in the background. Beautiful. I was absolutely sailing high. I may have prayed, dear Lord, please heal me before tomorrow so I can still walk. Uh, but, but I was having fun. Now you notice in the background, there's some hills with ice and snow. That's the start of tomorrow. <laughs> so the next day we get the ice axes out and, and we begin to, to go up the ice. Now we'd spoken to the dock guy because we're not silly, we prepare. And the dock ranger had said, yep, there's about a three week window where it's safe for you to go up this pass. Uh, roughly sort of three to four weeks, middle to end of January. Uh, and if you go before that, the ice is going to be too thin and it'll crack and you'll slip and fall into a crevasse and die. And if you go too late, it'll have snowed and there'll be avalanches and you'll die. But you go in the three to four week window, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. And we said, oh, good. When does the window start? Oh, I said, you guys will be the first ones through this season. You can let me know. I was, I was remembering those words as I began to climb. We're the first ones through. Uh, but we went up and uh, a couple of moments of terror and we got to the top. And at the top, you look out over this enormous valley and this is the Cronin Glacier. And so we were right up there in this glorious creation, uh, a real mountain moment of, of highs. Uh, and then we scrabble down the other side and we come to the Browning Pass. And I think my face sort of sums it up. I'm pointing there at the path. Yeah, the path is just go up there. There's no path. You go up the scree slope and it gradually gets steeper and steeper and steeper until it is vertical. And uh, the review that I had read of this said the Browning Pass is steep and scary. It might be more appropriately called the Brown Trouser Pass. And as I was going up, I kid you not, it was, Lord, I'm going to take one more step, and then we'll review. And I'm going to, I'll take one more step, and then we'll review. And it was, it was just one step, one step, one step. I was terrified. Uh, my watch was telling me that my heart rate was at peak, and uh, it was all I could do to keep going. And it took us probably two and a half hours, three hours to get up that, uh, at the end of a long day of tramping. And I got to the top, and I looked out. And God showed off again. And this was our second night's camping spot. Uh, just glorious. And I wouldn't have even known that such a place could exist if I hadn't been dragged kicking and screaming to the top of this pass. Uh, okay, so once you go past this, you're on the west coast now. And the west coast is rainforest and beautiful waterfalls uh, and, and sand flies and all these sorts of things. And we... We came down the other side at a, a great rate of knots. It took us 13 hours. Uh, there was some encouragement needed, but it was, it was great. So, so why am I telling you this story? Why, what is it about this parable? Um, it struck me really deeply while I was on this tramp. And then again, as I was preparing for the school year, which has just started... Um, and you will know there's a lot going on in our world at the moment. You know, there have been uh, volcanic eruptions around the world. There has, we've got the, the COVID pandemic and what we're going through with that. Um, there's, you know, geopolitical threats of war. There's a lot going on. 
and it can be tempting. I was tempted to say, 2022, I'm just going to hunker down. I'm just going to get through. But I was really struck going on this tramp that God was saying, I have got plans for you. And they're not on hold. I've got plans for you that will give you a hope and a future. You know, Jeremiah 29, 11 says those, those iconic words. You know, I have plans for you that will bring you a hope and a future. That you will call on me. And in the Hebrew it says, I will shema. What that means is, God is saying, not only will I hear you, but I will respond and act to what I hear. Just clock that for a minute. And everything that's going on, the, creators of the, the creator of the heavens and the earth is willing to listen and hear us and respond if we will seek him and go after his plans. The question is, how will you respond? How will you respond when God says to you, this year I want to do this? What's the default position of our heart to God's plans? The biggest barrier to us flourishing in God's plans is us. God's got all the resource. He's got all the, the strength that we need. He knows where we've got to walk. He knows the plan. He knows the pathway. All he needs is us to say yes. So I want to talk briefly this morning about how we say yes. Because the Bible tells us, and, and Tom preached on, the, uh, had this last week, that God, Jesus came that we may have life and life in its fullest, life in abundance. If your plan for 2022 is to hunker down, I got a question, is that God's plan for you? I don't believe it is. He wants you to have abundance this year. And as much as that might seem counter to what's going on in the world, I think we need to embrace it. When God offers you an opportunity this year, what will your default response position be? So that got me to thinking, well, how can I train myself to, to be the default position to be yes? You know? I've got a few things. Number one, relationship. It is very easy, and I can be tempted to do this, to come up with a plan myself and get excited and go right after it. You know, and those plans, they can be exciting and they can feel great, but they inevitably don't work. If we want the plans of God to work in our life, we have to know God. We've got to have good relationship. The only reason that I swallowed my fear and went on that tramp was because I had such a strong belief in my brother. I trusted him. I loved him. I knew him well. And I knew he would not deliberately take me somewhere where I'd be killed by an avalanche. <laughs> I hope. I'm watching you, brother. I trusted. I had that relationship. That's the first thing we need to say yes to. Stronger relationship this year. And it's a double win. We say yes to God so that we can hear His plans. 
And the biggest part of his plan is that we would say yes to him and draw closer into relationship. It's a win-win-win. Now, if we look through the Bible at some of the times that people have been called, I read through some of the stories, and some of them are massive calls. You know, get up, leave the place where you live and go. I'll tell you on the way we were going. This is what God says to Abraham. But typically in some of those big calls, there would be an angel would appear or a choir of angels. Now, thus far in my life, I have not experienced a visible, audible angel. If you hear that, that's great. I do believe that can happen. But what happens when it's Tuesday morning and you get out of bed and it's time to go to work? It can be hard in that time to go, Lord, what are you... What are the plans again? One of the ways that we can start when we don't have an idea of what the plan is, is to ask someone, how can I help? You know, it might be at church. You might say, can I work on the sound desk? Can I shake hands? Can I make cups of tea? Can I clean the, the auditorium in between service? It might be something simple. It might be bigger than that. But that first step when you're not sure even asking a friend, is there anything I can do to help? Because God can move when we put ourselves in that attitude of wanting to serve others. Start small. You don't have to solve the world's problems in 2022. Now, if God calls you to that, amen, I'm right behind you. And I'm right with you. I will, I will help. Now, but you could start small with one thing. Imagine if you said to God, okay, it's a tough year ahead, but I choose to say yes to one of your plans, Lord. Let's start with that. Imagine what God could do with all of us if we said yes to one thing. He could change the world. I gave this one its own slide. Take small steps. Uh, some of you will know that I like to go running. Or indeed, when I went on this tramp, my biggest concern on the tramp other than death was that my watch would run out. I said to my brother, if there's an avalanche and I'm swept down the mountain, pause my Garmin. Okay, because if it's not logged, it never happened. <laughs> it just never happened. Uh, and so I love to run and to exercise and to do these things. But I'm the first when I get up in the morning and I think I need to go for a training run. To go, oh, but it's cold. Oh, but I'm tired. Oh, but it's wet. And the biggest thing that will get you out on the road to go for a run is to take one step out the door. If I want to run a half marathon, the first thing I've got to do is register before I do anything else. You know? Now, the people that monitor my watch, the Strava people, Lots of the people in the church have got accounts with Strava. They have done a survey, 80 million users, and they looked at how many people buy a new Garmin or, or a new, a new uh, uh, monitoring device of some kind, a Fitbit or whatever it is, and sign up to it on January the 1st. You know, New Year's resolution, yes, I'm going to get fit this year. And what they did was they tracked when those people stopped. January the 19th, they call it Quitter's Day. That's a very uninspiring name. January the 19th 
is where the average person who makes a New Year's resolution will give up. Why? The reason that we don't make these New Year's resolutions and stick with them is this, and this is uh, written by a guy called James Clear in a book called Atomic Habits. It's, it's probably one of those books you should read at some point in your life. Earlier is better. And he says, you don't rise to the level of your goals, you fall to the level of your systems. What does that mean? It means if I want to run a marathon, what I should do is lay out my running gear the night before, tune up my watch, make sure it's charged, have my favorite tunes loaded on my headphones, so that in the morning I don't have to do that, I just roll out of bed, put my gear on and go. I take that small step of preparation and action and build a system. When I went on this tramp, I thought, what systems am I going to need? Happily, my brother didn't trust me much, and he'd organized it all, but he trusted me to buy the hut passes. So my job was to take the step, go down to the Kathmandu and buy the hut passes. What little step can you take if God calls you to something massive and it seems really big and how am I going to get there? What's the first step? What do I have to do to set up a system so I'll do it? How many times have you said, yes, this is the year I'm going to read my Bible more? Do you know the best way to read your Bible every morning? Set it out the night before. Get the coffee machine ready to go. So in the morning you can get up, push the button, have your coffee and read your Bible. It's already there waiting for you. Build it into a habit in your life. Take small steps. The next one is expect a lot and bring a lot. I don't know about you, but if, if the God of the heavens who created the earth has got a plan for me, oh, I imagine it's going to be awesome. I don't imagine his plan is for me to sit around and play on my phone. I hope it's not. I hope it's bigger than that. I want to expect a lot. And if he expects great things of his plans that are going to give me a life and a hope and a purpose, then I want to commit. I want to bring my A game. I want to give it everything. Will you give it everything when God asks you to do something this year? Even if it's a little thing. Yeah? God calls you to wipe down the, the church seats in between services. You're going to be the best seat wiper ever. Whatever you do, do it with full enthusiasm. Now, this last one, I'm going to dwell on just for a, a couple of minutes. Because sometimes, and I, uh, I get drawn into this, sometimes you get this big idea. And God can be calling you to do something massive. I think about the time when I was about to propose to my wife. That's a big decision. You don't want to stuff that up. When I was about to decide, should I move to Blenheim for a job? That's a big decision. And God sometimes calls us to big things. And here's what I've learned is wise to do in those situations. You should test it. You should share it with trusted people. But who to share it with? I want you to think about your group of friends, your trusted close circle, because I believe it's actually important who you share it with and in what order you share it with people. 
Have you ever had a great big exciting idea and you get wound up and revved up to do it and you take it to someone that you trust and you say, this is my idea, and they go, ooh, really? Uh, are you sure? That can crush your dream. That can crush that opportunity. There's a place for careful consideration of obstacles. But I want to suggest that the first person, when you get an idea or you believe you've got a call from, from God to take up an opportunity, the first person you want to go to is a cheerleader. Right? Someone that will encourage you. Someone that will go, yes, amen. Go for it. Find that person. Because that's going to reinforce that idea. Then, second, go to what I call the black hat. The black hat person is that person you trust deeply. You know they love you and they have your best intentions at heart. But they're brave enough to say, have you thought of this? Potentially this could be an issue. Yeah? Have you carefully considered how that might work? Take it to the black hat. The other people you're going to need, you're going to need a resourcer. Oh, I love resources. Resources are people that collect uh, ideas and connections and uh, resources and books and links. And you can go to them with, with your idea and say, I'm not quite sure how. And they say, oh, you should talk to this person. Or this is a great place to go and look for information. Or I know this guy who's, who's done something similar. That's a resourcer. They're going to connect you with the things that you need to begin to walk out this opportunity. Definitely want a resourcer on your team. You probably want a companion, someone that will go with you and walk on that journey. And they may not walk the whole journey with you. They may not take on the whole call. It's your call. They may walk apart with you. Now, the ultimate companion is God. And He promises us that He will be with us until the end of the age. That's so reassuring. I can tell you, as I was going up the Browning Pass, and I was clinging on to the rocks and the little scrabbly tussocky grass, and I was terrified. I was so glad God was with me. So glad. That was almost literally all that kept me going. God, you're with me. You don't want me to die. Let's do another step. Praise you, Lord, that you said you will be with me. Let's do one more step. Yeah. God will always be with you. And that's really reassuring because sometimes... You get an idea, an opportunity from God, and you begin to run down it, and you forget about God. And you begin to take it on yourself, and to try and do it in your own strength. And the issue with that is we can walk off the path as we're halfway along. We have to continually take this back to God, back to relationship. And God can go, whoa, 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 let's just come back onto the path. No, not that way, this way. How reassuring that God will go with us. The last thing that can be useful is someone to give you a checkup. I've put a little mini doctor there. The checkup person comes along and says, how's it going? Yeah, I see you were, you were going to go on that tramp. Have you remembered to, to book the passes that you were going to do? Have you got your ice axe? Oh, you were going to read the Bible every morning. How's that going? What have you been learning about? Share it with me. You want... All of these people on your team. 
And I want to ask you a second question this morning that I want you to reflect on. When your friend comes to you, who are you? If you have a close friend or your husband or your wife or one of your children come to you and say, I'm so excited, I want to do this, what will your response be? We have a real responsibility for those people that we love to speak words of life into the calls that God puts on them. It says in Psalm 1, how blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. Yeah? Don't take your plan to a scoffer. In his law, he meditates day and night. We want to dwell on the plans of God. Meditate on them, talk about them, discuss them, act on them. And what will happen? Get this as a promise. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields in fruit its fruit in season, and its leaf does not wither. And in whatever he does, he prospers. Come on. God is, what a promise. Whatever you put your hand to, if your delight is in the ways of God and the plans and the promises of God, everything you do, he says, is going to prosper. He's going to be right there with you walking that path. Now, I don't know about you if you're watching this on Sunday afternoon or if it's lunch break at work on Monday. We're at Tuesday morning and it's cold and wet. Wherever it is, can you clock that? The God of the heavens and the earth loves you. He created you and he has a plan for you. And if I can be the first cheerleader for your plan, amen, go for it. If you are going after the life and hope and purpose of God, you will not go wrong. Yeah, And I know so many people in this church that will be right behind you. This year, God's plans are not on hold. What will the default position of your heart be when he comes to you? Are you ready to say yes? Are you ready to take some action? You don't have to go it alone. Now I'm excited. I'm preaching to the chair. It's great. I want to, um, I want to close up with a couple of things. Um, the bigger the call, the more important it is that you share and check. God is faithful to help us walk this path. You don't have to just check in once with God and then be on your own. Keep seeking God for the timing, the mechanics, the logistics of how you should walk out His plans for you. I want to finish up with this before I pray. Ephesians 2.10 doesn't get much better than this. For you are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good work which God has prepared in advance for us to do. I want to tell you this morning, if you don't know God, He created you. He loves you. He has plans, multiple plans for your life. And those are good plans to bring you hope and a future, to do good works. And He's already gone ahead of you to make sure 
that they are ready. Your job is to say yes. That's it. You don't have to bring the strength. You don't have to bring the resource. Your job is to bring the yes. Can I encourage you this year, 2022, let's make it the year where our default position is to say yes to God and to press into Him. Can I pray? And then we're going to just sing uh, one more song as we finish up. Heavenly Father, how amazing are you? How loving, how faithful are you? You are full of grace and compassion. And we love you. We praise you. Thank you, God, that you have plans for us. Lord, I pray that where anybody is watching, that you would just speak to them now, Lord. You would move in their lives, that you would speak plans, hope, future, life, purpose into them, Lord. Thank you that you go with us, that you give us a, an easy yoke to bear, Lord, that we can walk with you and do amazing things.